Well now, there are about 1,200 fuel stations in Ireland and counting, and while all offer fuel, petrol and diesel, most will also provide snacks and hot coffee and basic groceries. However, increasingly larger motorway service stops are going beyond their original job specs to become hubs of action and amenities for local communities. News Talk reporter Sarah Madden has been on the road visiting them, and she joins us now. Sarah, good morning and welcome. Good morning, Pat, and thank you. Yes, I am fresh off the road after sampling what seems to be the ever-expanding sort of food options, retail shopping, and even leisure facilities at service stations up and down Leinster. Um, from, you know, apology flowers, I'm sure lots of us have had to grab those and retail toys in some of the smaller garages to crepes and well-stocked bookshelves in major plazas. So here's an idea of how locals are enjoying the fuel stock in South Kildare, Junction 14 Mayfield. It's just off the M7. How often would you come to Junction 14? Um, almost every day, yeah. Would you really? I would, yeah. yeah. For what? Food. <laughs> and oh, what did you have today? We had a subway today, just a very good old usual. A usual, yeah. So we're just said we drop in and have something to eat before school starts tomorrow. Pizza and fries. So we're, we went to Supermax. So that's just the final treat is the margarita pizza. Chips at chicken. Bike to the community, I imagine, around here. Yeah, a good few of my friends have part time jobs here. The facilities are unbelievable here. There's a variety of food services as well. We're uh, from in the countryside, it would uh, get the local community together. It brings, takes away the isolation. I, before I started working here, I'd come here with my son, so yeah, I'd say it's a good place to come get an ice cream in Geno's or Supermax. What's your favourite part of the play area? And the slides. Yeah, definitely. And I see uh, mothers with younger children as well coming in and kind of meeting for coffee mornings and all. Yeah. Now, would you ever bring someone on a date here? Uh, no, <laughs> I haven't yet, no. <laughs> Not yet, but you're open to it? Yeah, no, I would, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I would be open to it, yeah. <laughs> well, I come here every day. Do you? Yeah, yeah. My son used to walk in here. Okay. And myself and my husband come down every day. It's moving here all the time. There's so many different people coming in. You'll always talk to somebody when you're here. Yeah, it's a great place. Like, it's somewhere to go. Like, you know, get you out for the afternoon. Like, I mean, everybody meets here and talks to one another. And there's a playground there for the children. I take the grandchildren down. Yeah, it's becoming the busy area for people living locally. as well. Now, I would see people in there that live locally. And they'd be here nearly every day and they'd wave to you and say hello. So it is being used now more so than it has been in the past. When you reach a certain age, you have to try and occupy yourself to find something to do. (laughs) So gets you out. out. A lot going on there besides refuelling. Absolutely, there certainly is. And I suppose there's good reason for that. Um, You know, with VAT and tax rates as they are, Pat, these service stops are making less and less of their fuel offerings. So increasingly they're making their money from margins on coffee and food or even miscellaneous items like sunglasses and rain ponchos. But as we've heard, the communities around them are really enjoying them too. You know, Junction 14 recently came second and a list of Ireland's best service stations in a study conducted by Chill Insurance. And John Mead, who is Mayfield's operations manager, he told me that providing for locals is at the heart of what they do. So Junction 14 Mayfield is a motorway service area in the M7. Predominantly, we're here to serve the motorway and to serve the traffic coming along. Um, we're in a rural location, so we also do serve the, the local community here in the towns of Monaster Evan or Kildare or Port Arlington, um, who would come here and they would meet up with friends, family members or whatever it might be, and um, have coffees, cake, even dinner. 
There is a carvery here, yeah. So that would be um, something that you might not see everywhere along the motorway, um, but it's something that really draws people in here. Um, in particular, um, anyone from the local community might come out for a Sunday dinner or whatever it is, but we have a carvery every day of the week. Yeah, I think we definitely um, add to the area we're in because there's a lot of like this is a rural area so we're, we're surrounded by fields here and, and a lot of one-off houses and we'd be the nearest shop so it'd be very convenient uh, for people to come here and yet yeah, while majority of our customers aren't looking for groceries we still have groceries for the ones who are coming in we'd definitely see them coming in because it's somewhere to go it's a destination for them as well to meet up with people or even just to get somewhere where that's a bit lively yeah. they, they'd come out you know just just to get out of the house you know they, they'd come here for sure whether it's for supermax or chopped or or whatever it is there's something for everybody and they can come here chill kids are playing in the play area and the parents are having a cup of coffee and happy that the kids are content now it sounds like mayfield is filling a gap there uh, but i wonder if there's a sense that service stations like them which are brilliant are driving businesses out of the towns. Well, yes, I put that to Seamus Boland of Rural Link and I also asked him if the increasing relevance of these sort of fuel stops was indicative of lacunas, let's say, in rural services. But he told me that while Minister Heather um, Humphreys, while her strategy for rural and community development attempts to improve local services, he'd actually like to see more of these fuel stops uh, deployed as a stopgap solution. The other thing to remember, though, Pat, is that the damage for a lot of these smaller towns was probably done when the motorways were created in the first place. Bypassed. Exactly, exactly. For example, the town of Castle Bellingham, just down the road from from me, actually, in in Louth, um, that will have lost a lot of passing traffic when the M1 was built. And I went down there to speak with Stephen McQuillan, who is manager of Apple Green Castle Bellingham, both the north and southbound um, shops. And he told me that far from taking from the community, the Apple Green there is actually giving back. We employ upwards on 80 plus people here and to be similar enough across the road. Most of them people either come from Dundalk, but the majority come from a local area where the village of Dromiskin and Castle Bellingham and that area. So we have a big footprint in here. So. And I know Castle Bellingham is one of the spots that might have lost out from the development of the M1. So it's quite good then to have, um, I guess, a, a business like this in the area that's, that's servicing those people that might have lost out otherwise. Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's plenty of employment here. We're constantly looking for people. Uh, we get a lot of students in, so it's, it's a great way to employ people. And we, we're fully flexible. We work with people uh, We're in college, even other part-time jobs, whatever. We, we work with people, and it fills a void. It definitely does. It's, uh, there's definitely there's 160, 170 people in the local areas employed here in some format, you know. You also try and build community around the spot. So every... Two months, I think we do have a family fun day here on a Saturday. Where we have uh, we bring in entertainers. We sometimes have bouncing castles, etc., etc. Face painting, kids love it to be here. We get plenty of photos and plenty of feedback from customers. They love that sort of stuff. We advertise it locally, so it's it's a good way to they can come up here with the families. They can have a coffee, keeps the kids occupied for an hour or two, and people drive up from Dundalk and enjoy it and draw it. And that's Stephen McQuillan, manager of the Apple Green at Castle Bellingham, both the north and southbound. Now, am I right in suggesting that you played a part yourself in those community days? 
I, I did. Guilty. Guilty as charged. Yes, um, I was a party entertainer before I became a journalist and um, I took my skills both in magic and balloon modelling up to many an apple green in times gone by. Great memories. But that's actually just the tip of the iceberg for Apple Green, which is, of course, an Irish company success story, really. Um, at their Wicklow site, for example, on the M11, they're installing a new virtual reality ride for kids with a Halloween theme for the moment. And that will subsequently change to Christmas and so on. Now, it's all very uh, futuristic, but of course, we're being told all over the place to get out of our cars, stop Mm. driving uh, petrol and diesel cars. So what kind of future awaits these fuel stops and the communities that they serve? Well, yeah, as we know, these fuel stops, they, they at the moment, they do offer EV charging points and increasingly they're offering fast charging points, which will only become more vital as time goes on. However, Geraldine Herbert, a motoring journalist with the Irish Independent, she believes that the real potential of these service stations actually lies in the future, not in the present. I think forecourts are having to redefine themselves, though, continuously. And electric cars are going to have a huge impact because obviously not only do they have to provide charging stations, because obviously we're looking at banning the sale of new petrol and diesel cars by 2035. So not only do they have to look at providing charging points, but when people are charging cars, they tend to stay longer, you know, when they're filling a car. So therefore, they have to provide these other outlets. So we see more places where you can actually sit down and eat rather than grabbing a snack. So it's what to do with people when they have have that 20 or 30 minutes to spend. And then there's all sorts of predictions about what might happen in the future if we had driverless cars or if we had car sharing. Would these forecourts evolve into places where you could collect a car maybe? Or mobility hubs? People would, you know, they might collect a car there or they might actually work from these. They would have little areas where they could actually work that you'd actually provide, you know, this kind of one-stop shop that you would collect a driverless car, collect a car share or pop in and do an hour's work in between. Deliveroo, have you have linked up with BP. They have a a kind of digital food delivery service. So you can also use that space for that sort of thing. You know, this kind of constantly evolving idea of what could you use that space for? Because they're always in prime locations. So if you think of it like that, when we mightn't have as much demand for filling stations for fuel, you know, for petrol and diesel, what could we use those spaces for? And there's all sorts of ideas being floated around at the moment as to how these um, areas might evolve in the future. Now, um, it's interesting that because um, if you think of uh, the fuel pump, you've Mm -hmm. got tanks underneath and you've got to deliver the the fuel by pipes and so on. Mm -hmm. So you will only have a limited number uh, at any service station. But with electricity, with cabling under the forecourt, every parking spot in a service station could have an electric charger. So you could literally have dozens and dozens and dozens of cars uh, being charged up while they're all munching their burgers. Mm -hmm. Um, So maybe that is the future. Very interesting report, uh, Sarah, on how the service station is in some ways replacing the town square. Sarah Madden, thank you very much.